Well, good morning. It's a little windy outside. If you didn't know, uh, if you guys didn't know, and you guys did sign up for Guess Who, uh, your papers are right outside on that table, but don't get up now. Now you have to wait until after. Um, so today is week five, lesson five. Does anyone know who we talked about last week? The who is a, is a hint. Jesus, yeah, good. Um, and today we're still talking about Jesus. We're talking about the work of Jesus, the work of Christ. Um, so I hope this is, uh, has been good for you guys, uh, just going over these fundamentals. If you're a new believer, if you're an old believer, um, it's just good to re-go over these things because we get caught up in life, we get caught up, um, I don't know, just studying other things. And you might forget some of these little details that are so precious to us, um, like some of the things we're going to go over today, um, what Christ has done for us. So before I start, uh, let me pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning, and we thank you for um, the rain that's going to come. Lord, we pray that not too much damage will be done. Uh, we're, we're thankful for the rain, though, Lord. Um, and we're thankful for the opportunity to worship you this morning. Uh, we just thank you for um, your son, and we thank you for the work that he's done for us. I pray that as we reflect on it this morning in this lesson, I pray that it would be encouraging to us and um, just cause us to feel humility, thankfulness. And if we don't know, if someone here doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that you would save them um, by hearing the gospel. Uh, we love you in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, so First Peter two twenty four says he himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. So the first point this morning we're going to go over is man's need for Christ's work. So Jesus came and he did some stuff. But why? Why? When we're sharing the gospel with someone, um, usually I start with the bad news, which is like God is holy, and then I, we talk about man. Man is a sinner. That's bad news because God is holy, um, and he's just, and he can't just let people skate by. And we'll, we'll go over that today. But first, we're going to go over man's need. Um, the bad news before we get to the good news of Christ's work. Um, so, uh, letter A says, according to Romans 3, 10 through, 11, 10 through 12, every man is guilty of what six things? Romans 3, 10 through 12. Um, I'll read it and see if you guys can pick out the six. <clears throat> All right, it says, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. So do you guys see um, six things here that man is guilty of? Every man. So... Normally, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, but 
when we think of like bad people, when we think of sinners, we always judge ourselves compared to other people. We look at the news or tweets nowadays um, and think, oh, those are the bad people. Not me. Like, I, I go to church. I uh, provide for my family. I work hard. So I'm not a bad person. Those people are bad. But in this section, we're going to see that everyone is bad because we're being judged against other people. No, we're being judged against God and his holiness. Um, so six things that we are all guilty of. Does someone notice any? None, none righteous. There's none righteous. Anyone else? No one understands. Anyone else? No one seeks for God. Anyone else? All have turned aside. This is really encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> um, five, they've all become uh, useless or worthless. And then the last one, who does good? No one. No one does good. So according to Romans 3, this is man's problem. None of them are righteous. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. They have become worthless. And no one does good. Yay. <laughs> Romans 3.23, uh, a little further down in the chapter, sums up the problem. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So, this is man's need for Christ's work. We've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. No one is good enough to go to heaven and be with God. He's holy. Um, John 8.34, to what is a man a slave? Does someone know? Huh? Sin. Yes, good. Did you look it up or you just knew? Man, he just knew. Um, so we're all sinners and we are all slaves to sin. Um, and then C, to what, it says the same thing, but <laughs> James 1.15, I can't, I don't know if that's a typo or if that's actually the question. But uh, to what else is man a slave? The answer is death. <clears throat> um, the wages of sin is death. Uh, D, because we were dead in the tresp in trespasses and sins, whom did we follow? And what kind of children were we? Does someone want to read Ephesians 2, 1 through 3? If you don't have it memorized. All right, did everyone get that? Okay, I can, re I can reread it, uh, but thank you, uh, Joel. Um, it says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature... Children of wrath, 
like the rest of mankind. So we were dead in our sin. Uh, who does it say we followed? Satan, the prince of the power of the air. Uh, what kind of children were we? Sons of disobedience, right? So, because of that, um, in Ephesians 5, 6, whose wrath will the sons of disobedience experience? God's wrath, you're right. He just knows all the answers off the top. Love it. Um, so we're all uh, sons of disobedience without Christ, and without Christ we will um, experience God's wrath. So it brings us to this question. So we have this big problem. We have this big sin problem. We're dead in our sins. We follow um, Satan, we're sons of disobedience. No one's righteous. No, not one. So do you see our problem? Now that brings us to this question. Will God tolerate sin? We've, we just went over his attributes. He's holy. He's good. He's just. He's righteous. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's everywhere. He's all-powerful. Will that God, the true God, will he tolerate our sin? No, he won't. Uh, Galatians 3.10, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. So God won't tolerate it. He's good. He can't, he can't tolerate it. He's just. He can't let it be swept under the rug. Um, as we studied in Lesson 3, <clears throat> um, God asserts his holiness and demands conformity to that holiness. So man is faced with sin, Romans 3.23, having God as his enemy, we see that in James 4, subjection to the power of Satan, 1 John 5.19, being helpless to save himself, Romans 5.6, death, condemnation, and eternal separation from God, hell. So, this is man's problem. And when we're sharing the gospel, you want to show man's problem so that when you share Christ's work, when you share the good news of the gospel, it's good news. Um, so, Christ's work, we're going to cover the cost of Christ's work. It wasn't just an easy little payment. He didn't just zap it away. Um, if we read Rome, um, Philippians 2, 7 and 8, we'll see. Um, Philippians 2, 7 and 8. Does someone want to read that loud? Good. Thank you. So what three things uh, did Christ do when he came to earth? He emptied himself. He took a form. What kind of form? Yeah, form of a bondservant. And then three, he was uh, found in appearance as a man. Number two, in what way did Jesus humble himself? Verse eight. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Wow. Um, 
just, it's amazing. Uh, that God that we've talked about, all those attributes, he humbled himself and became a man. It's incredible. Um, what happened to Jesus on earth according to Isaiah 53.3? Isaiah 53.3. I'll read it. I'll, I'll tell you. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. So Jesus didn't come to earth and he wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't um, like a prince in a huge palace. He wasn't born into royalty. Well, how was he born? In a, in a manger, in a stable. Humbly, yeah. And then, he didn't have an easy life either. He was despised and forsaken by men. Man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Um, according to Hebrews 9.22, um, what does the forgiveness of sins require? Someone want to read that one? Yeah, good. Um, according to the law, indeed under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. So forgiveness of sins requires shedding of blood. And what price did Christ pay to redeem us? 1 Peter 1, 18 19. It might seem, I don't know, this could just be me uh, speaking for you or your thought. It might seem repetitive, like, oh man, we're going through all these different scriptures but isn't that good that we're seeing it in Scripture and it's just not me up here just telling you things to believe? It's actually in God's Word, all these things. What price did um, Christ pay to redeem us? He shed his blood. He shed his blood. Um, on the cross, what did Jesus cry out? He did, but before that, before it was finished, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, and then what did, what did God do to Jesus while he was on the cross? Isaiah 53, 6. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read it, though. Hold on. You just know the whole Bible. Um, Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. All our sin, all those believers' sin was on Jesus on the cross. Isn't that amazing? God the Son on the cross paid for your sin. Just don't forget that. Always reflect on the gospel. Always reflect on the fact that and on the incarnation, on um, God coming down, wrapping himself in human flesh, lived a righteous life, and then died on the cross and died for your sin. <clears throat> so number uh, section three, the provisions of Christ's work. Jesus Christ came to earth to pay the price for sin. That price was his own life, which he gave voluntarily. His sacrifice was the only way to take away sin for all time. Um, so let's describe what Jesus' death accomplished. 1 Peter 3.18. What does this say about Jesus' death? 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered 
once for sins, the righteousness, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, being made alive in the spirit. Suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. Um, Romans 5.10. Romans 5.10. Does anyone have this one memorized? Um, for if while we were, en- we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Does someone want to read that? We read this one last week, I think. Did you look it up? You just knew? Yeah, that's it. Wow. And she knows the book of the Bible song. Um, yeah, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Um, Galatians 1, 4. Galatians 1, 4. Um, Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Let's read the next verse. To whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. It's amazing. That's why we worship him. And we're thankful. Um, let's see. Ephesians 1.7. Someone want to read that one? Awesome. You had that memorized, right? <laughs> um, and then, then the last one, Romans 6, uh, 6 and 7. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So remember, we are slaves to sin. Now what? If you put your faith and you've repented and turned to Christ. No longer enslaved to sin. Uh, Our old self was crucified with him. Awesome. Uh, We have this quote here from John MacArthur. At the heart of the church's worship, crazy, we're actually doing communion today, Lord's table. At the heart of the church, church's worship is the beautiful ordinance of the Lord's table, with which we are very familiar. There at the Lord's table, we take the bread and the cup in remembrance and communion with Christ. At the heart of the Lord's table is a doctrine, and that doctrine is the very core of the Christian gospel. It is summed up in the words of our Lord who said, This is my body, which is given for you. The essence of the Christian gospel is that Jesus Christ has done something for us. Most, most specifically, he died for us. That's the point. His death was for us. And that is precisely what Peter says in 1 Peter 2.21. Christ also suffered for you. He suffered for you. It was for us that Christ suffered. That's his point. And so we come to page five. And this is really cool. Um, 
I, I haven't seen someone do something like this, this little chart. Um, it just shows in this table man's problem, the solution in Christ, and then it gives you the scripture reference. Um, Jesus Christ is the answer to all of man's problems concerning salvation. Christ's work on the cross and his resurrection are the only solution to man's problem. So we saw that huge problem. We have this huge need in uh, section one. And how do we get out of that? We can't. We're hopeless without Christ. We can't save ourselves despite what other religions or we might think our, think ourselves. We might be tempted to think, oh, well, if I just get my act together or if I work harder or if I'm a better husband or a better student or a better kid to my parents, then, then God will be fine with me. But that's not the case. We have this huge problem and only Christ's work on the cross and his resurrection are the only solution to our problem. That's why Peter could proclaim of Jesus Christ, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Acts 4.12. So, um, we have this table. We see man's problem. We're guilty before God. We have, we're not righteous. And so what is the solution to that in Jesus? It says, through the obedience of the one, many will be made righteous. Through the obedience of Jesus, through the gospel, we will be made righteous. When we turn to Christ, we get his righteousness, so that handles our not righteous problem. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So I, I saw you, like, tracking it. Um, uh, we're not understanding. No one understands, remember? The Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding. 1 John 5.20. <clears throat> no one seeking God. So... I don't, my, um, side note, I won't be here next week. I'll be out of town, but Pastor Mike's going to teach, and he's going to teach on salvation and how God is sovereign in salvation. And so I know some people might believe that um, people seek God and they, they choose to follow God, but I mean, Romans 3 is pretty clear that no one's righteous, no one understands. And then number three, what does it say here? No one seeks God. So how is someone going to go choose God if they're not seeking him? They're an enemy. Number four, they're turning away from God. So Pastor Mike's going to just go over how God sovereignly saves people. Um, so number three, no one seeks God. We're not seeking God. That's a problem. <clears throat> but the solution in Christ, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So who's doing the seeking? Son of man. He's come to seek and save the lost. Luke 19.10. Number four, turned away from God. That's our problem. But you were staying, but now you have returned to the shepherd. Uh, number five, all have become useless. And then it says, these qualities render you neither useless nor unfruitful, in Christ. So in Christ, we're not useless. In Christ, we can do good works. 
in Christ, we can worship God and we can um, please him. Number six, no good works. No one does good works um, apart from Christ. That's our problem. Um, and then Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Um, B, slavery to sin. Remember, we're slaves to sin. Um, but Romans 8.2, what has Jesus done for us? He set us free, free from the law of sin and death. Um, and then C, facing death. Uh, John 5.24, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has what? Eternal life. So that doesn't mean that you don't, you don't die in this life, <clears throat> but you will raise like Christ did. Because he raised, we have hope of raising. Um, and he has power over death. And if we're in him, he will raise us. Uh, D, facing the wrath of God. So this is a huge problem <laughs> that man has. You have to answer for your own sin. If Christ didn't pay for your sin, you have to answer for your sin, and you have to pay for it yourself. So what has Christ done? Romans 5, 9 Justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Who? Through Who's the him? Jesus. Right. So this is a really cool chart. I'm going to keep it. Um, I, I don't want to lose that. It's super helpful. And uh, it's helpful if you're going to, like, evangelize too. Like, oh, these are, these are man's problems. And then it gives you a cheat sheet of Scripture for what to uh, share. Um, so, <clears throat> section four, the motive for Christ's work. So why did, why did Jesus do this? Why did God choose to do this for us? Yeah? Um, A, why did God save men? John 3.16. Who has it memorized? For God so... Whoa. Look at that participation. That's great. Um, for God so loved the world. Why did, why did God save men? Because he loved us. And he has a perfect love and an unchanging love um, like we learned about. What's Romans 5.8? But God shows his love for us in that while we were good, he died for us. While we were still sinners. So you weren't doing anything good, and then he's like, oh, okay, I love you now, so I'm going to die for you. No. While we were still sinners, while we were still all these things, while we were not righteous, while we were not understanding, while we were not seeking God, while we were turning aside, while we were useless, while we were not doing good, Christ died for us. And next week, when Mike goes over salvation, he'll talk about how before the foundation of the earth, before creation, Christ knew you, and he chose you, and when he was on the cross, he knew you, even though you weren't born yet. He knew you, and he knew your sin, and he paid for all of it, even the ones you're going to do today at Guess Who? 
I'm just kidding. Hopefully no one sends that guy to <laughs> But even the ones you'll do tomorrow and the next day and the next day, Christ paid for all of it because he loves you. B, what attribute of God is demonstrated in his salvation of men? 1 Peter 1.3. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. Even, even in this verse, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So what attribute of God is demonstrated in his salvation of men? Mercy. Mercy. See. <clears throat> Why does the author call God's mercy great? Hint, <laughs> Romans 5, 6, and 8. Because of what? His love? I mean, his attributes do. Mm-hmm. Because he died. Right, we were unworthy. His mercy is great. He, he's not, well, I mean, he does get praise and glory out of it. But, like, he's not getting much from us. Uh, he died for us. We are unworthy. So, uh, right. It's, that's the motive for Christ's work. It's some of it, obviously. Like I said, all these points, like, you could dive so deep. Each one of these could be its own equipping hour. Um, section 5. The resolution and continuation of Christ's work. So Christ's death on Calvary finished his redemptive work for man. But salvation's story does not end there. The grave could not hold Christ. He lives and continues to work. He began for us. So how was Christ declared to be the Son of God? Romans 1, 4. Romans 1. And was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Yeah. Jesus Christ, our Lord. After Christ made purification of sins, how was he exalted? Hebrews 1.3. 1, 1, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So the Bible does, again... Um, Jesus is God. It's over all over Scripture. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power after making purification for sins. What did he do? He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Right hand of the Father. <clears throat> Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So he was exalted, sat at the right hand. Um, after he made purification of sins. C, we experience spiritual death through Adam's sin. So we've gone over this. In Adam, we all die. In Adam, because of Adam, we are all born with the sin nature, um, which brings all these problems that we talked about. We're all sinners by birth. Um, I mean, if you've been around little kids or if you serve in the nursery, you probably see that they're sinners. <laughs> They, they have man's problem. Um, so we all experience spiritual death through Adam's sin. 
what benefit do we gain through Christ's resurrection? Does someone want to read 1 Corinthians 15, 21 and 22? Awesome. So what benefit do we gain through Christ's resurrection? We're made alive. Yeah. <clears throat> Jesus is the better Adam um, for us. D, now that we have been drawn to God through Christ, what is Jesus able to do? Does someone want to read Hebrews 7? Yes, good, thank you. Um, so what is he able to do? He's able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So he's able to save. No one's too bad to save. Um, <clears throat> it's the beautiful thing of Christianity. It's also really confusing to the world. Like a murderer, like you, you can get to heaven and you could see someone who is a murderer there. Why? Can someone tell me that? Yeah, put his faith in Christ. And Christ paid for that murder. Isn't that amazing? This is the amazing thing of Christianity. This is how Christianity is different than every other religion. Every other religion, clean yourself up, do good stuff, um, do all these things, and you can maybe please God. But after going through this, is going through Scripture, is that what Scripture teaches? No, there's nothing we can do on our own. Right, that's a good point. Moses, the prophets, um, all these heroes in the faith, all the, all the people that the little kids are coloring, all those people, were any of them good enough? Were any of them good on their own? No. Yeah, some of us do too. We, some of us got anger issues. We got problems. We're sinners. We need Christ. We need his work. And last week we went over um, who he was or who he is. Fully God, fully man. Sorry, truly God, truly man. Truly God to withstand God's wrath. Truly man to stand in our place. He couldn't be some other species because then he couldn't stand in our place. Does that make sense? So, we all need Christ. Um, where even were we? Uh, oh, what is Jesus able to do? He's able to save to the uttermost. Um, E, what role does Christ hold exclusively? 1 Timothy 2.5. Mediator between God and man. No one else. Not Mary. We don't need to pray to someone else. We can pray straight to God. Um, when Jesus was going to leave, what did he promise he would do? John 14.3. That 
That's, that is one of them, uh, but not this one. Yeah. Yeah, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. So when Jesus is going to leave, he promised to prepare a place, and then he's going to come back for us. That's great. That's encouraging. And he's not going to change his mind. All those attributes that we talked about are still are in Jesus too. Because the God is one. The same divine essence. Uh, section six, in closing. Um, the resolution and continuation of Christ's work. Is that right? No, that's not. I don't think that's right. But section six. When some people are confronted with the reality of who Christ is, they realize they have made a terrible error in what they have believed or how they have lived. They are deeply convicted of, in their hearts. Consider the example of the men in Jerusalem whose eyes were open to the truth. So hopefully, um, like these people, as we go through this and we talk about man's problem and we talk about the need to turn to Christ, hopefully, some of you, if you haven't trusted Christ, hopefully you see your need for Jesus. That's what we're praying. We're praying that this gives you a firm foundation in your faith so you know what we're talking about so that when words like sanctification or justification or the Son of God, when all these words are thrown out in a sermon or in other teaching, you know what, what we're talking about. You're obviously not going to know everything. This is the beginning. But we're praying that this gives you a good foundation to keep growing. The Christian life, you're never going to stop growing. There's always more to learn. Remember, uh, going over the attributes, um, we can truly know God, but we can never know the end. Like we're, There's always more to learn. Um, we can't grasp an eternal, our eternal creator. So as we go through this and you see our huge need, if you haven't turned to Christ, I hope you see that. And I hope you turn to Christ. You see just his love, his mercy, how he died for the unworthy. I hope that you, you turn to him. So... Um, consider the example of the men in Jerusalem whose eyes were open to the truth. Acts 2.37 says, Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? So they see their need. They hear what Christ has done. What do we do? How do we, how do we take part in this? And so we see here, what can you do? Acknowledge that you have sinned and are not acceptable to God. Acknowledge that. Repent and call upon the name of Jesus to save you. Repent is a turning from sin. It's, it's more than just saying you're sorry. It's, it's a 180. It's a turn away from sin and to Jesus. Um, seek forgiveness through his blood shed for you. Acknowledge that he is the rightful ruler in your life. We live our lives being our own rulers. And we really want to be our own rulers. That's our temptation. Even after we've put our trust in Christ, we, we just, we're constantly trying to rule it ourselves. 
but acknowledge that he is the rightful ruler in your life. And then thank God for his love and grace. Thank God. Simple. And then all of this, um, how do you guys feel after like all these lessons? Like after going to attributes, after going over uh, who Jesus is, going over Christ's work, how does that make you feel? It's, it's kind of nice that we have a worship service after to worship him, right? It's amazing. Um, it's good that you don't have to just go home. Like you have, you have an outlet to worship him after. Um, so that's been good. So if you haven't turned to Christ, turn to Christ today. The only one stopping you is you. Um, so just last question. Have you repented of your sins and called upon the name of Jesus Christ, believing in him as Lord and Savior? If you have, praise God. Worship him. Be thankful. Obey him. Um, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Obey him. Rest in him. Treasure him. We're tempted to treasure so many other things in this life. Um, but treasure the Savior. Treasure Jesus. And thank him for his work. Next week, um, Pastor Mike will go over salvation. Bummed to miss that, but it'll be good. Um, and then before I dismiss you, let me pray. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. And we thank you for the work that you've done for us. Lord, thank you for living for us and dying for us, and raising for us. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, I pray that you would save them. Um, and Lord, I pray that this um, lesson would just be so encouraging for all the believers here and cause their heart to just worship and sing and want to hear your word preached. Um, Lord, please be with us for the rest of this day with all the fellowship. Please help us to be encouraging to one another and uh, point each other to you, and uh, just love one another. Lord, we love you um, because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.